ragazzi, and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast where you get your culture to go. I'm Frank Ravello. He's Richard Carmen. Ciao, Richard. Ciao, Frank. How are we doing on this? Uh, what day is it anyway? Tuesday? Yeah. Wednesday? Yeah, we decided to, we decided to switch it up on the people, and uh, yeah. you know, we'd, we'll uh, we'll see if we get a turnout. And I understand if people have other things. I people don't have anything better to do on a no. Tuesday night, do they? Just you should sweet. be getting in here and getting into the chat. If you're watching us, please uh, drop a drop a like, subscribe, uh, yeah, 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 show yeah. yourself in the chat, uh, leave a comment or a question on anything that you might have. Um, we would uh, certainly appreciate it. Um, match week 17 came and went. We will uh, talk about that a little bit later in the podcast. Um, yeah, and of course we will also have the world's most popular hashtag game: Who Won Kelcho Twitter. Um, Michael is in the house. Michael's finally joining us for once. <laughs> Not great. a damn thing. I Not like a it. damn thing. That's right. Uh, but before we get to all of that, Richard, it's uh, let's 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 do a uh, post mortem on the European group stages involving Serie A in Europe, and get into some uh, conversation about uh, the performances, and then maybe we can grade each team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of how they did. Um, you know, at least to the group stage, and then and then moving on you know, to the, to the next round. We had obviously four teams in the group stage of the UEFA Champions League. We had two teams in the group stage of the Europa League. We had a team in this group stage of the Conference League. We'll briefly talk about Roma there. Um, you know, so uh, we obviously want to see all of them advance, uh, you know, win their groups uh, in the Champions League, win their groups in the Europa League, which creates an extra incentive this year. You're not in the round of 32. You're automatically into the round of 16 of that competition. Um, you know, but that necess- didn't necessarily happen. Um, let's kick it off with Group B with Milan um, you, falling bottom of the group. I I predicted that this would happen. Uh, I did not necessarily – I am not necessarily doing victory laps over it as a Milan supporter. Um <laughs> nope. You know, but I expected this as a very serious outcome, uh, considering the quality of the teams that they were going to be up against: Liverpool, Atletico Madrid, and Porto. Um, I will give them a. I'm actually going to give them a B minus. I'm going to put them just a tick above average because. Um, and stay with me here. Okay. Uh, my expectations for them were be competitive. If it means Getting to the last sixteen, great. That's you know that's probably going to be playing with house money, considering the talent that's in this group. Um, but be competitive. Show that we're not that far away. Uh, another couple of transfer windows where the squad can continue to be reinforced, and it's a Milan team that might have a better chance, might get into a more favorable group, uh, and give themselves a chance uh, to go through. So. While they finished bottom of this group, and optically that looks awful, and everybody in Calcio Twitter that's not a Milan supporter is showing that to everybody who is a Milan supporter. You got to look at this, and you got to look at these six games and the body, the overall body of work. And and I'm not just saying this because I'm a Milan fan. I'd be saying this about another Serie A team if it was them. This wasn't as bad as as what you would get typically out of a team that finished fourth. Right. We saw very similar things to Inter when they first got back in the Champions League after, what, six years for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, if you just look at it from optics, you're thinking that's the E for Milan, terrible performance, got you know, that bottom of the group. But I, I, I'm with you. I don't necessarily grade them that bad because 
I wanted, I too wanted, you know, both of us said they're going to finish bottom of the group. Um, and we wanted to see them competitive. That's the main thing. If they can gain some experience from this round, especially those three tough opponents, like you mentioned, this would go a long way in serving them to play much better in the Champions League in the future. Um, I'm not going to quite give them a B minus because there were some games I thought they were pretty poor in, uh, most notably against probably Porto, but a um, couple couple instances. I mean, obviously play, losing to the reserves of Liverpool is not good. Uh, and that the 30 minutes or so against Liverpool in the first leg was pretty bad. Obviously, referee calls went against them many most times in the, in the Champions League. But I'm going to give them C, C minus. Uh, I think they're average. I think the the good and the bad kind of balance each other out, I think, overall. I think it's good, a great learning experience. They got to play a really tough Liverpool team. You got to see a, a feisty Atleti team and a Porto team as well um, who don't give up. And so, yeah, it's uh, not the ideal result, especially if you're looking at it from a culture perspective. But in terms of progression, I think this is right on line with where we thought was going to happen going into this. So um, sure. the, the most the most pessimistic or most optimistic fans probably said, hey, we'll probably get second. But uh, I think you and I being fairly, re- fairly realist in this, we thought – bottom of the group is probably what's going to happen third at best. And I'm happy that they were last, not third. Cause you know, much like inter, you know, inter had a, almost a free ride to the Scudetto and just to focus on that next last season, uh, obviously Coppa Italia. And now Milan have that opportunity, um, but with a very strong inter this year. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, and if you go to my, um, if you go to my, uh, Twitter page, you'll see my predictions for the season. They pick predicted Milan to win the Scudetto, at, you know, shortly after the transfer window, just simply because I said I could see them taking the same path that Inter did, where they don't qualify, you know, for any knockout stages. They can just remove Europe altogether and can focus yeah. on Serie A. You know, it's not what I was cheer, what I cheer for, and what I think will happen are two totally different things. You know, and uh, and and that's what I that's what I thought would happen, and that was a. Uh, a realistic outcome for Milan, as I said. Now, they could have been second in this group had it not been for some just painfully, painfully brutal officiating on match day two in that home game against Atletico Madrid. The ridiculous second yellow to Kessie, uh, the penalty in the end um, that I've seen not get called in the past. Um, you know, so, you know, reasons like that, you know, being able to absorb those 30 minutes at Anfield and then compete with and then compete with them and get to a point where they got to halftime ahead. You know, I saw good signs from a team that I didn't have a lot of realistic expectations for qualifying, uh, you know, beyond the stage. Said, okay, you're fourth, might get third, but do something. Okay. Do something. Yeah. Oh, George, we're going to talk about Cali later. I got some things to say, so stick around. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yep. So, anyway, so that that that's where I'm at. I think that's a, a fair thing to say about Milan. I mean, I think they they yeah. got valuable experience, and I just you know it's the other thing that we said at the very beginning. I said I don't had I didn't have a lot of high expectations that Milan could win this Champions League. There's maybe four teams in this competition that can win it. Yeah. Okay, so go there and. I, I'm happy that Milan got the group that they got. Okay, yep. three quality sides. You're not playing a Malmo or a Sheriff. You're playing three quality sides. They got six tests. Where are we at? Where's Milan at? How much farther do they need to go? Yep. And there's a lot of value to take from that. So I think it's funny because uh, you and I are probably the same way. And I know Lisi was as well. We're like going into the game. 
you, we're like, Milan's gonna finish last in this group. No worries. Let's just, you know, let's play competitively. And then during the game, we're like, you fuckers, you could have won this game. What the hell's wrong with you? you know? <laughs> so that, that's that's uh, that happens when you're a Milanese, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know the two the two minds, your realistic mind, and then your actually competitive side. You're like, come on, man, you guys should have won. What the hell? So yep. yeah, it, it's it's fun to be us. And I'm sure yep. all all fan bases are the same way. I know Interisi and Juventus are the same way. So uh, and and every fan base. So yeah, it's just uh, part of being a Calcio fan, I guess. Yep. Um, let's move on to uh, was it Group D that Inter was in um, with Real Madrid, uh, Sheriff, and Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, Inter do finish second in this group. Uh, had a chance to win the group on the last day. Was kind of a, a tall order, uh, having to go to uh, the Bernabeu to do it uh, to beat Real Madrid. Um, they weren't able to do that, um, and uh, in fact. Uh, ended up losing um, 2-0, so they were consigned to second place in the group. Um, the redeeming thing for them, <laughs> they finally scored in the Champions League against Shakhtar Donetsk. Uh, two, in fact, on match day five, so there's that. There's progression uh, to the round of 16. They had not done that in these uh, these last previous years since they've been consistently in the competition. Um, B-plus, I that's that. That's what they'll get. I mean, there was a very game sheriff team that was playing with a ton of confidence that came into those two games with Inter on six points, and Inter brushed them aside, got all six points against them, and yeah. turned the table upside down and set the tone going forward. I'll go B plus for them. I you know largely because this is probably what was expected of them in this group. They pulled it off, and off they go. Um, Beating the but the two, getting the two nil win at home against Shakhtar was huge. Obviously, the two wins against Sheriff were big, considering where Sheriff was on the first two match days uh, of this competition. Yeah, uh, and what we expect versus what happens is always the big thing, right? And mm-hmm. they've been expected to ex- get out of the group stages for a while now. They finally did it. Yep. Um, and yes, you know, maybe the, maybe the group was a little bit easier, and it's hard, you can argue that because Sheriff beat you know Real Madrid and Shakhtar is always a pain in the ass. I'm going to give them an A because yeah. they had a chance to beat Real Madrid in the first time they played them. Uh, second time, yeah, Real Madrid was a little bit a little bit more classy. Um, and they have such spectacular players, but yeah, Inter figured a way to get over their mental block. Um, and ma- a majority of those compliments have to go to Inzaghi. We saw this with Lazio last year with a depleted squad because of COVID, and they found ways to get it done and get out of the group stages, and he did it now with Inter. So he gets a majority of the props, I think, but the, the team in general, they did well. They, they got out. That, that was the goal. Um, and so they did it, and they did it fairly well, I thought. Like I said, they were competitive in the two games against Real. So, yeah, I'm going I'm to give them an A. Okay. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with doing there, – there's nothing wrong with that. I think – I'm a, t- I'm a I'm a tougher grader. I, I, I well, you were you were tougher on Milan than I was. I'm tougher on Inter than you are. So this is getting kind of interesting. I mean, I'm always I, tough I, on Milan. <laughs> I think I would have given Inter the A if they had they had won the group. Um, but they were they were they they, they went into match day six with a chance to do it, just fell short. I'll I'll, I'll give them a B plus for that. I mean, um, you know, not much else to say about their you know you know about their performance in this group. I think it was actually very. Um, uh, it was it was efficient. They got it done and they they got through. Uh, so we'll talk about their draw here coming up um, in a little in a little bit. Let's get to the other two teams from this group uh, from from Serie A Group F. Atalanta. It came down to match day six. You had one job, um, and uh, yeah, it, it got you know. Sn- 
a, a one day delay you would think would affect the away team more, you know, than the home team. But I think in this situation where all of the pressure is on Atalanta to win an extra day to think about it, you know, there's, there's certainly that theory, but for a team that has reached the knockout stage, the last two seasons, um, and you could argue maybe did it under much more difficult circumstances in both of those seasons. This was a, you know, cut and dry, you know, 90 minutes, beat Villarreal, you're in the knockouts. Uh, they fall short of that. They finish third. I think you can look at the dropped points at Young Boys. You can look at many times where they had leads and dropped them. They had 2-0 two nil, two nil up at Manchester United. So many drop points kept them out of this, kept them out of this. Um, in a group that, you know, I'll do respect to Villarreal, um, and we'll talk about them in a little bit. Uh, this is, this should have been a second place finish for Atalanta, arguably first, considering how brutal Manchester United has been to start the season. Yeah. Uh, but they don't get it over the line. I'm going, this is my C minus, uh, out of these four teams. Atalanta did not get it done in a, uh, situation where they had many, many chances to get it done. Yeah. They kind of resorted to their, uh, fun, bad days, right? Um, mm. I, I argue that they probably should have been favorites to win the group. You know, English fanboys aside, I think Atalanta is one of the most yeah. talented teams in Europe, uh, especially offensively. And the fact that they, you know, the, yes, they score goals, you know, they should get credit for that, but they gave up a lot of goals. Um, and in games, like you mentioned, they at, at least with Villarreal and, and Young Boys, they should have got the job done. And those draws certainly hurt them. And I'm going to give them, you know, I'm probably with you the C minus. I may go D, but C minus, I'll go with, I'll keep, I'll go with you said is. You know, they yep. underperformed. They should have moved on. They should have. They should have finished at least second place, and they didn't do that. Um, and they they relied too much on the old, hey, let's just score as many, score more goals than the you know, opposition. Oh, by the way, we're not going to play defense. And it doesn't work, uh, especially with those young boys can score goals. Um, Villarreal has some talented players, and, you know, obviously Man United has some players as well. So they needed to – or Gasparini needed to adapt his team to the way he kind of – the, the deep run that they had a couple years ago uh, where they ended up playing PSG and just barely lost, where they started playing a little bit more defensive. They need to maybe do some of that, I think. Because when you're playing against these tougher opponents, you really have to be more um, decisive, clinical, and and not be so sloppy like they have been. And it's it's uh, a poor job by them, and, and lots of the blame has to go to Gasparini uh, for not sending his team getting ready to play. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a, it's a poor grade by them for sure. Yep. Yep. Aha, uh-huh. Presidente's in the house. Buonasera, buonasera. Um, and then finally, Juventus, I give credit where credit is due. They get an A from me, uh, winning a group over the defending champions. Uh, it was not pretty at Stamford Bridge. They got played off the park, but they were essentially, they, <laughs> the results went their way on match day six, and they went and did what Chelsea couldn't do. They won at Zenit. Uh, and that fixture for each team was the difference over who was the group winner and who finished second. Now, Chelsea still still lucked out with the draw. They're going to play Lille. Um, but, uh, you know, so that worked out for them. But Juventus, um, you almost wonder if they – I mean, and I can't even – I actually can't say that they've made this the priority over the league because they're playing very similarly in both competitions. Yep. Um, they're just getting the results – uh, more frequently in the Champions League, but Juventus for that win at home against Chelsea uh, on match day two, for getting the results uh, and, and being able to jump Chelsea and win this group, they get an A. It's not pretty. 
Um, Adam Adam Digby will talk your ear off about how brutal Juventus is playing and their Stone Age tactics and yeah. and all of this other stuff. But in this case, in the Champions League, it's worked for them. Um, top of the group, and they move through. They go through as as group winners, and like I said, they get an A. I think you and I both said that you know, despite how bad they were playing in City A. That they should have progressed out of this group, and they did. Yeah. Um, and I think had they got their, uh, they got the job done. Like if they finished how we thought, w- finished second place, I would have given them an A. I'm going to give them an A plus. I think because the fact that they found a way to win the group against a very good che- a Chelsea team, a, the reigning champions, it goes a long way. I mean, yes, their Champions League and City aren't really lining up. It's it's getting closer now because they're, they're starting to get performances against the, the lower end teams in the league. Um, but in, in Europe, they've been doing very well. They've been scoring yep. timely goals, and they've been getting the, the defense shutting people down for the most part. And you know they found a way to win against Chelsea. They did get the result against Zenit that Chelsea didn't get. You know they got to go send some you know cases of, of vodka or something to to Zenit for getting that <laughs> result. But you know they got it done. That's not only did they get out of the group, they won the group, which yep. not many people said they would get. I mean, I would I would bet not many Juventini probably thought they were going to win the group against Chelsea. Maybe. The crazy ones, <laughs> but no, I mean, no one, no one thought that was going to happen, and it happened. And so you got to give credit to Allegri, like you said. And I'm giving them a plus for sure. Okay, um, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, a a plus a, it's it's all relative. So now on to uh, the two teams that qualified: Juventus and Inter uh, into the round of sixteen. Um, Inter played. Uh, Inter will play Ajax, and Juventus will play Sporting Lisbon uh, mm. until they can't. Uh, yeah. Explain to the people. Explain to the people what happened here. So for yeah, for all those who don't know what happened with the UCL draw, it was uh, a clusterfuck. Excuse my French, but originally when the draw came out, right, they had Man United against PSG, Ronaldo against Messi. You had Ajax versus Inter, which is a favorable matchup for Inter, I would say, and Sporting versus uh, Juventus. Uh, and then about rumors start circulating that maybe that. Um, the raw was rigged. Obviously, when you see Ronaldo versus Messi, you're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? And some of these other matchups. And about two hours into the into the the, the show, the search started at 6 a.m. here in, in the East Coast in the U.S. Around 7:45 or so, uh, UEFA came out and said, eh, "There's been a technical error, and we're gonna have to redo the pot." And everyone's like, "What the hell are you talking about? Uh, this sounds fishy." And it, and it makes it even more fishy when everyone's thinking everything is fixed, and then you come out and say, "Oh, there's been a technical error." Uh, so there were three huge errors according to UEFA. First, Atleti was incorrectly not provided as an option for Man United. That's first. Second, Man United and Villarreal were drawn in the same pot. Oh, by the way, if you weren't keeping track at home, they were in the same group this uh, during the group stages. Yep. Third, Liverpool... Wait, no, Atletico Madrid and Manchester United? No, no. Uh, Man United and Villarreal were in the same yes, group. Yes, Man United and Villarreal. Yes, correct. And then the third thing was Liverpool and Atleti were drawn in the same pot. They were in the same group with Milan. So because of those three things, they're like, wait, we had to uh, redo this whole thing. And they redrew everything. And uh, Inter and uh, Juve got different teams. They didn't get the teams that they originally got. Um, So, yeah, a cluster all the way around. And uh, they try to blame the third party. Yeah, they're blaming like some third party computer system. It's like, no, you tried to sneak the balls. You know, we were hacked by the North Koreans. Yeah. (laughs) out of here. You tried to sneak the balls where you could pull it off where it would be a Manchester United PSG round of 16 so that you could get Messi against Ronaldo, you know, in the latter stages of winter while people are still inside watching football and 
you know, getting a chance to watch them play against each other one last time. It's just ridiculous. It's just, you know, um, but, uh, you know, be that as it may, we, we, UEFA, it was, it, it's you, it's on you. We'd have a lot more respect for you if you got in front of it and say, yeah, we goofed. Okay. Uh, we're going to, we're good. We goofed and we're going to have to do this whole thing over, um, you know, to do it. So, uh, and I want to give credit to that information came from proper football. Uh, the, the gents over there at proper football do really great stuff and, uh, yes. good, full credit for them for, uh, getting that information for all of us and, uh, and sharing with the, uh, with the public. So. Why can't they just make it an open draw where a first place team can play any runner up team? Because that would be too easy, Bart. Um, <laughs> Makes so much sense. They, they're trying to have as much integrity with protecting teams from playing teams from their own countries for as long as they possibly can. You know, by the time you get deeper into the competition, you just you can't help it. Um, you know, if you have, you know, how many, how many times have we seen three Spanish teams or three English teams make the last four? And you have a chance um, of rigging that way teams when they start seeing somebody's winning a group they could try to throw it so they don't play them you know and they could they could it's kind of like world cup that we've seen in the past where there's been like those controversies you people try to adjust themselves based on wins and losses and throw matches yeah. we don't want that so that's kind of why they do it the way they do now which yep it's up for debate now <laughs> yep it's up for debate I, mean, I don't understand you know how about this you just you put all the runners up in the one in, the, in one you draw them one all the way down and then you draw the group winners in this pot. And then, okay, first one comes out. Let's say Chelsea finished second, and they're the first team on the list for runners-up. So Liverpool comes out. All right, you can't play Chelsea, so let's go down to the next one. Can you play them? Yes. So you go and you go and you play them. And, you know, so, I mean, that would just be a lot easier than just getting a computer involved in, in all of this other nonsense. But, you know, we're – we don't get paid to make these decisions, so they're not going to listen to us. Um, but it is what it is. So the correct draw is, uh, well, the corrected draw, the redraw. Um, Inter now will have to play Liverpool, uh, and Juventus will travel to Villarreal. Um, let's start with Inter. Right. Um, I, I've kind of been back, and Liverpool is going to go through. Where what I'm trying to figure out how competitive will Inter make this? Because um, I think that they have the ability to make this closer than people think. Um, Devry, if he's back by then, I don't know how long he's out for. Um, it, it, Liverpool has that pressing style, right? And what? How, how do we get at Inter? We we press them. All right. So in that instance, it's a bad matchup with the existing back three. It's definitely a bad matchup for Inter um, because you don't have Bastoni is Bastoni to an extent has good technique and can pass and can get him help get the team out of trouble, you know, and can strike some long passes where Liverpool may have to drop off and respect him a little bit. But they're not going to give that same respect to Skriniar. They're not going to give that give that same respect to D'Ambrosio. Um, DeVry has some really good passing range to him from that position. So if you got two of them back there, that may alter Liverpool's plans and how they play, or Liverpool might just say, Hey, this is who we, this is how we play. This is how we're going to play against everybody. We're going to just come after them and take our chances. You have that element too. And just say, because we have one of the best defenders in the world back there that can, that can win any aerial balls on any long balls that can, be a presence against the Jekyll, for example, 
you know, if Jekyll plays with his back to target, um, you know, among things like that. So that's where that's the one area that I think gets quite intriguing to me. I think that, like I said, I think Liverpool will go through. I, I think this will be the end of the line for Inter uh, after the round of 16. It is a really difficult draw for them. But if they can find a way to break that press with their passing, if DeVries fit, if Bastoni's fit, and if they can hit some passes from that from those positions and break that press, Inter get very, very dangerous over these two games. And that's something that people should keep a very, very close eye on because there's a couple guys back there that are capable of doing it. But if, if DeVry's not back there, big trouble for Inter. George is asking uh, in Champions League, does he go extra time than penalty kicks? Uh, yes, if it's there's no away goals rule anymore. So right. after 90 minutes, or you know, after 180 minutes, if it is tied, you're going to extra time. So, yeah. and then if it's still tied, it goes to penalties. Yeah, um, yeah. This is this is going to be a heck of a matchup between Liverpool and Inter. Um, this isn't the Liverpool that won the Champions League, but they're very they're very damn good. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned it. We know Inter's weaknesses in the past and even current is pressing them. And they play Liverpool. They play the gag and pressing style, the rock and heavy metal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, and I agree. If they can find a way to break that press, that's going to bode well for them. Um, Liverpool's attack is obviously very, very difficult. One of the best in the world, that trio. Um, and their midfield, uh, where I think they can be had is their midfield is okay. They have some really good players and some not as great. And the defense is, can be had as well. I think Inter will have to dominate the <clears throat> midfield with their with Brozovic and Barella. Uh, the the wing backs will have to help out tremendously. The back three. Yeah. It'd be nice to have Devry back, right? And they're gonna have to live and die by the counter attack. Um, use Lautaro, lose Alexis. Um, obviously, Jekyll will need to be in the mix as well. Um, and the speed on the wing is what's going to get them. You have to get them on the counterattack. You need to break, break that press, first of all. And that's going to be the key to opening up the counterattack. Can they do it? I don't know. Uh, you know, Inzaghi's done some amazing things, you know, with Lazio and now Inter. If someone's going to do it, it's going to be him, right? Um, it's going to be tight. I, I think there's – I think it's going to be very, very close. I can, I can see Inter – a scenario where Inter wins this. Um, I'm going to – I'm going to go out on a limb and say – Inter shock most people outside of City A and get a narrow victory over Liverpool over two legs. Really? Gonna have to be a masterclass from Inzaghi and that whole team. And I think they, they have the players to do such a left wing back. I can't see that happening unless he really thinks he can yeah. he can put because Alexander Arnold can be a liability defensively. Yes on the tackle and in those situations where Perisic can put Alexander Arnold under a lot of pressure. But if you do that and you leave Salah wide open in that flank and in mainly one V one with Bastoni, that's a huge problem. I mean, if you're going to go ahead and take your chances with Perisic, I almost feel like a guy like Vidal is going to have to play in that spot in the midfield where he can drop back and he can provide some cover and give some help. Uh, you know, to Bastoni, so he's not caught in those one v one situations because you can't get that cover from the rest of the center backs because they're going to have to be occupied by whether it's Jota or you know Mane and guys like that. I so yeah. um, 
And then Michael saying Mane and or Jota running at Skriniar sounds like a problem too slow. Then the, the other side with Salah. Yeah. Um, Skriniar, I think I trust Skriniar more than anyone on the back defense one-on-one. I, I've seen him lately and he's been doing very, very well. doesn't mean he's not slow. I, I, you know, he can be beat. Anyone can be beat one-on-one. But of, of that back three, even at their best, I think Skriniar is the best at that one-on-one because he seems to angle himself really well. He's very good at the pivot uh, when it goes inside to outside. But those wing wingers are a nightmare, Salah and Mane. And then obviously you throw in Jota in the mix as well. And, and even Firmino, if he's playing, um, it's going to be difficult. And if they can get defensively a team effort with the wing backs helping back, uh, dropping back, and find a way to break that press like we mentioned, there's a chance, there's an opportunity. They can live and die by the counter. They have the pace to do it. I mean, if Dumfries or or maybe even Darmian's out there and, and maybe Perisic or whoever's on the left wing, it's going to have to be masterclass all the way around. It's yeah. not, if any kind of errors either way, if Nzagi doesn't get a spot on, it's Liverpool's. And I, but I think I'm, this inter-team is healthy at the moment. And based on health, I think they can go toe-to-toe with Liverpool in the narrowest of margins they can get it. I think. I'm going to go on a limb. The, the, screen, the other thing to the Skriniar side of it. Um, thanks, Mo. Um, the other thing to the Skriniar side of it is that th- th- these these wingers for Liverpool, they're not quintessential take-on guys. You know, I mean, at least Mane is. And I mean, Salah, will, 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 what he'll do is he'll run at you and he'll try to cut in. Okay. Mane is, is kind of, he plays with power, you know, and he's going to run and he's going to try to maybe, you know, get off the ball, get in behind, maybe make runs behind Skriniar when Skriniar is, you know, paying more attention to the ball and they can get balls into him that way. <clears throat> you know, I, Mane's not going to take people on and be, you know, he's capable of beating people one V one. It's not something that he frequently goes to. He's more of a positioning guy. He's going to try to catch you when you're out of posi- position and, and things like that. You know, where Salah is probably a little more of the take on guy where he's, where Bastoni is going to need a little bit of help. I think you can take your chances with or even Darmian, you know, if you pull him all the way back to try to help deal with Mane, and now you've got Skriniar and, 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 and DeVry or Skriniar and D'Ambrosio, whoever it is, they can kind of, you know, take turns, um, you know, passing off Jota and at the same time supporting which flank the ball is on. So and, those will be some of the things that, that Inzaghi is going to have to think of. Probably and don't forget about off. this. If DeVry is healthy, right, you have – Two, and I guess you can throw Skinner in the mix too. Between DeVry and, and Bastoni, they're good at the long ball. They yeah. can break that press with a long ball pass to either Martir, Lartaro or, or Alexis or whomever who's running down the flank, and that could be a way to break the press. But can they handle the press? That's going to be the biggest thing for me, and it's, it's going to be an interesting battle. I mean, it's going to be uh, a tactical wonder class to, to watch. I'm going to definitely watch both games you know, intently yeah. because – the best tactics are going to win, and who's going to outdo the other one? It's going to be Klopp versus Inzaghi in this one. I, it's going to be brilliant. Yep. And to Mo's point, I just think Liverpool's midfield's better, and I think that that's what's going to get them through. Uh, Tiago, um, has been huge for them back there. You he know, has. in that in that midfield, uh, Jordan Henderson is starting to flash some form, and you occupy. I mean, these are two guys that if you occupy yourselves enough with the wingers with whoever they play out striker, those guys get into the space as much like Inter do, right? Yep. You worry about those two forwards who's sneaking yep. up and who's sneaking up Barella, right? Or Chalhanolu. And you're leaving the spaces behind for them. So um, do we think the midfield wins the game? Wins the, wins the, the two legs? 
I, I and I think that that's why I've got Liverpool going through. I just think that their midfield is better than Inter's. Um, I think that's why I give a slight vintage Inter. I'm slightly over it with Inter, but it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I think that that's where it's going to get edged out. I think I can see something in the neighborhood of a score draw at the San Siro, but then I think at Anfield, Liverpool win it by a couple of goals. You know, maybe a three-one kind of result. San Siro needs to be rocking, like because you know Anfield will. Yep, I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. But yep, man, two fantastic stadiums to have two games. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's gonna, those are going to be two. Oh, yeah, that, those are going to be two two entertaining games. That is for sure. Uh, so Juventus will play Villarreal. Um, you know, I can make the argument that Juventus might have caught a break um, on the redraw because Sporting's good. Uh, I mean. Don't let – yeah, they were awful on match day one at home against Ajax. And then they were awful on the last match day because it, it was a don't-give-a-shit game for them. They were already second. They couldn't win first. You know, so they didn't they didn't play to the level that – but on their day, Sporting Lisbon can be a problem. They'll be a little – I think they'll, they'll be a little bit of a problem for Manchester City when they play each other. But, you know, they and, – and, and I think that Sporting will also – you know, this is just – this is not City, yeah, but – Sporting will be uh, smart enough um, <laughs> to not play like Leeds did today <laughs> against Manchester City. Man, Leeds want to lead. Bielsa is like, fuck it. We're not going to win. Let's try to play him straight up. And then seven. Put the gas later, on the pedal. Let's go. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> that didn't work, did it? So um, here's where I, you know, because I, you know, seen it, you know, obviously watching Villarreal play through. Um, their games against Atalanta. They are they're built to be a cup team, and Unai Emery is a cup manager. Okay, I mean, look at what he did at Sevilla multiple times in the Europa League and in, in, in getting them. I, I actually joked. I said if Atalanta, you know, can can win and get second in this group, Villarreal is going to go on and win the Europa League because yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Unai Emery and yeah. <laughs> he's going to be in yeah. his comfort zone. So. This is Villarreal are built like a cup team. They're built to get you res, to get results in one off or two off ninety minute environments. They're not built to go out and accumulate points over the course of a season. Okay, so I'm concerned um, as a result. Uh, I look at their team. Uh, Danjuma is going to give this defense a lot of trouble. Uh, the, the 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 Dutch international. Uh, Gerard Moreno is capable of scoring goals on his day. Danny Parejo is a good specialist from midfield. Jeremy Pino finds his way into this team here and there. He's a young Spaniard. Uh, Italy should be Italy fans should be familiar with him from the Nations League. He was really good in that game. Um, you know, so and then you've got Etienne Capu, who's kind of their box to box guy. They're going to give Juventus a hard time. They're going to limit what Juventus can do chance-wise. Juventus already limit themselves enough. I'm, I'm, I'm conflicted with this because I actually think this is a tough draw for Juve. I, you know, I think that they, you know, but I think that sporting would have been tougher because of what sporting could have thrown at them, you know, with their attack. But I look at this, this Villarreal team, and I think that these are going to be this is going to be the opposite of what you're going to see with Liverpool and Inter. These are going to be yeah. – this is going to be 180 minutes of grind yeah. is what it's going to be. 
you know, in my opinion, the way I look at it. And Umrai, Umrai, Emery <laughs> is going to have him Lots. set up tactically, you know, and I think that, I think that Juventus is going to control possession over the course of both games. You but think? Uh, I'll, I'm still fighting with that one. Hmm. Barely against Villarreal in the first leg, but definitely will be possession dominant in the second game uh, at the J. I'm I, I'm still struggling with this one. It would not shock me if this went to extra time um, after two games. Where are you at with this? I agree about that last statement that it'll go to extra time in the second game. The game start in February, right? Yes. That odes well for Juventus if Allegri can have his way and get some reinforcements in January. Yep. Um, based on the current team, both teams right now, and both obviously Villarreal can get strengthened as well, but based on current teams, I slightly like Villarreal over Juventus. And then I think Juventus can handle them defensively. I don't think they're clinical enough to keep up with, with Villarreal. Villarreal has some scores on the team. If they score, can Juventus come back quickly? I don't know. I mean, obviously, Dabala, Morata are the ones that jump off him, and Cuadrado's been playing very well this year. But I feel the, the advantage between the two is that, well, one, Villarreal is more clinical. Two, the midfield, you know, we talked about the midfield in the last game. The midfield is slightly better with Villarreal. I think I, that's, I feel they're going to have a little bit more possession than, than Juventus, and you're going to have to live and die by the counter as well. Um, and maybe Chiesa, will be, Chiesa should be back. Chiesa and Kulishevsky. That'll be a big, big help. Big for them, you know, and maybe Bernadeschi can continue getting better and better. Um, it'll be tight. I mean, Juve will have to perform like they have been doing so far. And if they've been playing the way they've been playing, Champions League has been good. Yep. And if they, it'll be a tight match. And I agree with you. I think I see it going extra time in the second leg. Um, I can see both teams getting results in their home um, and then going into sudden death and see what happens there. It's, it's, it's a tight game. It's, it's not going to be Liverpool enter, but it's going to be a very interesting to see. And I'm, you know, a lot can happen between now and and that game, meaning reinforcements. What does Allegri do? Um, if he can get the guys he wants, this could be a advantage for Inter to win within the two within the 180 minutes. Uh, but for right now, I see extra time, and I see I'm with you. I think Emery, even though he's better at Europa League than Champions League, I think he hits a cup team, and I think yeah. there would be the slight favors if it goes into overtime. Yeah, I. Given the current state of both teams, whew, um, and I, I'm going to get to change this prediction by the time we get to February because a lot happens, but a lot can happen between now and February. Yeah. Um, but given the current state of both teams, I think Villarreal will nick this by a goal. Um, <clears throat> I mean, but yeah. Ask me next week, and I'll change my mind, and I'll say it'll be Juve. And I, I think the two best players are on Juve: Dybala and Chiesa. Yeah, that doesn't mean it's a team game, you know, and yep, it's tight. Yep. You know, but that doesn't mean that Villarreal don't have the guys that can decide it. You know, Correct. Correct. like I said, Danjuma, Moreno's Gerard. an experienced goal scorer, Pino, Perejo coming from the midfield, you know, so th- this isn't something that you can just take. I don't think this is something that Juventus can just take lightly and make, and especially their track record in these last few Champions Leagues. They can't make plans for the last eight, No, you know, and they shouldn't. So, um, you know, it's, 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 (laughs) 
it's a it's it's a stingy draw for them. It really is. Um, you know, so uh, but we'll we'll see. All right. So let's uh, wrap this up with the three Europa League uh, draws, uh, Richard. Um, Atalanta is going to host Olympiacos after uh, not qualifying for the second round of the Champions League. Boy, difficult, relatively difficult draws for all three teams. Uh, Atalanta will host Olympiacos. Uh, Napoli will start by traveling uh, to Barcelona. Um, Derby della Maradona. Um, forget about this, you know, Boca Juniors versus Barcelona game that Barcelona set up. Um, uh, and then uh, Lazio. Uh, have to travel. Have to travel to Porto. I mean, this really comes down to how invested are all three of these teams going to be in this competition by this time? You know, are they looking at this as a, as 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 one they want to win, um, or are they looking at this as let's you know we'll put this team out there if they win and we move on, then maybe we'll take it more serious. I mean, you never know what the mindsets of these teams are going to be. They all have to play in the last thirty-two. Um, you know, by the way, Napoli and Lazio for me both get B's uh, for their group performance. Um, I should point out, I almost want to lump Napoli into a C plus category for the two losses to Spartak Moscow, uh, but in the end, turning it around and beating Leicester on the last match day and, and grabbing second place in that group got them through. Um, Lazio failing to score over the course of 180 minutes against against Galatasaray. Um, not good. Um, you know, you know, regardless of who you have and, and what changes you've made. So, um, I, man, I'm, I'm like sounding like a downer about our city. teams. If Atalanta give a shit, they're going to go through against Olympiacos. It's not going to be easy. And Olympiacos have some players that can really give them some trouble. Uh, El Arabi up front. Uh, Masuras is a good midfield player for them. Valbuena, if they can get him fit, the former Leon man. Yep. Um, but, and I think if Napoli's invested in this, this Barcelona team is so shattered. And I think that Barcelona will have less interest in this competition than Napoli will. And for that reason, I'll put Napoli through, but I can't, this Porto team's really damn good. And if they were put in another group, you could talk about them being in the last 16 of this champions league. It's just how it fell. And I'll, you know, dismiss that last match day against Atletico Madrid. I think Lazio is going to have a really tough time with Porto. Uh, so if the three teams care, I'll qualify Atalanta and Napoli to go through, and I'm going to knock Lazio out to Porto. Where are you at with it? And then give the grades on Lazio and Napoli's group performance. Um, I'm with you on the grades. I think um... – a C is good for Napoli because I thought they should have moved on and it didn't. And the, the two losses to Spartak really hurt them. Obviously, yeah. they had a great, the nice performance against Leicester. And um, Spartak tried to give them a favor by getting them uh, that drawing Leicester or beating Leicester, whatever the hell they did uh, in their game. But um, yeah, it's a C and a B, I think, overall. I think I'm with you on that. And then um, as far as the groups, or the, the three teams, I think I agree with you. I think Atalanta, if they give, if, if these teams give a shit, all three give a shit. I think Atalanta should be able to beat Olympiacos, even though they're good. They're like first in their league by a long way, uh, mm-hmm. not eight points. Um, so they should be able to get Olympiacos. It's going to be difficult in Greece. That that crowd is. I mean, I don't know what the regulations are now with the with the crowds over there, but if they have fans, it's going to be raucous for sure. Uh, it's one of the most difficult places to play in the world. Um, 
I think Napoli can get Barcelona. I agree. I think they're a wounded animal at the moment that doesn't have any fight at the moment. And I think um, their focus has got to be uh, getting back into the uh, La Liga fight because yeah. they're struggling there. That's got to be the top focus for them. Yep. Um, so I think Napoli will get it there. And I think they have certainly have the talent to, to go toe-to-toe with Barcelona. And then Lazio, I just – the way they've been playing lately, now things could change between now and then, right? We know that. But yeah. based on currently, I don't trust Lazio um, the way they've been playing lately, both in the league and, and, and in Europe. And I think, you know, the Sporto team, like you said, they're, they're, they're good. They're good, right? And they were actually doing very well against Atleti until those two goals happened. Um, and then they just and it kind of capitulated. So, yeah, it's going to be – Two out of three, I think I'm with you. Okay. So that's where we're at on the Conference League. Um, who did Roma draw for the – or, I mean, at Conference League, Europa League. For the Conference League, who did Roma end up drawing? Um, Not go to blimps, I hoped. No. Well, they, they were in the same group. Unless they <laughs> well, you unless they rigged that, unless they rigged that draw and didn't, uh, didn't catch it. So – but was anybody watching? Yeah. Um, Okay, I'm gonna pull that up real quick. This is how much we, this is how much we care. <laughs> um, Roma looks like they're into the no, they're into the last 16 of that competition, so okay. they didn't draw anybody yet. Good. That's probably why we didn't find out. So, um, so that is our roundup on Europe. I think overall, um, nothing, nothing totally shocking from what we saw, Richard. Probably, if anything, disappointed that Atalanta couldn't get it over the line in their group. Mm-hmm. But mildly surprising that Juventus were able to win the group over Chelsea in Group H. We knew that that group was going to come down to Juve or Chelsea, yeah. winner, runner-up, you know. But um, I don't think we're deeply disappointed right now so far in Serie A's performance in Europe. And I just – I, I want to look at it from a performance standpoint i don't want to just necessarily look at it as raw results um i want to look at it as how the teams are playing where we're at you know from a measuring stick standpoint and i can't be i can't be too disappointed with the uh the group stages from our Serie A teams i agree i agree 100 hmm. all right so that was our post-mortem on the group stages of the champions league europa league and we even talked a little conference league so let's uh uh, get on with it. Richard is going to whip us through what went on over the weekend on Match Week 17. First, uh, it's funny that the first game was the Derby de la Lanterna. Yes. Uh, wonder, wonderful game. Uh, Sheva looking for his first victory. It would not happen. Looking for his first goal. First goal. <laughs> he did get his first goal, not the first yeah. victory. Uh, Sabdoria would win on the road on the road this year at the same stadium. 3-1. to one, uh, Goals from Caballadini in the seventh minute. Uh, Caputo in the 49th, and then um, an own goal in the 67th. with 3 nothing at that point. Destro got a constellation goal, make it 3-1, to one, but that is all uh, the goals for Genoa. They lose 3-1. to one. Uh, Moving on to Fiorentina against Salernitana. We figured Fiorentina would win, but uh, they won in emphatic fashion. Goal of the week candidate in the 31st by Giacomo Bonaventura. Uh, another goal of the week candidate in the 51st by Vlahovic. Another Vla- another goal of the week candidate by uh, Vlahovic again in the 84th. And then uh, to round it all off, Mal- Male got a goal in the 90th, 4 nothing onslaught by Fiorentina. They look good in that game. Yeah, um, one of the shocks of the weekend, Venezia hosting Juventus. Uh, Juventus got the goal story and started early in the 32nd minute. A goal of the week candidate, in my opinion, Morata getting the goal. Uh, nice assist by Pellegrini. Uh, but a goal of the week candidate did them in, uh, so to speak. Uh, 
Aramu in the 55th, a screamer from distance, made it 1-1. They would share the points in this one. Uh, an entertaining game for sure. Uh, another game that was interesting in another shock of the weekend, Udinese hosting Milan. Uh, goal scoring started early for the home team, Beto, the man in form behind Vlahovic, uh, got to his goal. He looked like a beast in this game against Milan's defense. Looked like Udinese was going to win this game. They really deserve the win in this game. But, you know, 98-year-old Zlatan Ibrahimovic gets a, f- a wonderful goal by him uh, in the 92nd minute goal of the week candidate. 1-1. I thought this was heartbreaking for Udinese, uh, but we'll get more into this in a minute. Uh, Torino hosts in Bologna. Uh, goal scoring started by Zanabria. Wonderful goal by him. Uh, and then uh, uh, an own goal by Bologna made it 2-0 for Torino. Orsolini would get a penalty in the 79th to make it 2-1. Torino would hang on. Uh, entertaining game between Verona, Hellas Verona, and Atalanta. Uh, uh, Verona actually scored the goal first in the 22nd minute. Simeone continues to be hot, 12th goal of the season. Uh, but Atalanta did wake up. Miranchuk, nice goal in the 37th. And then Cope Miners uh, got a nice goal from distance, a little deflection on the 69th. 2-1, to one, Atalanta win the game. Very entertaining. Another shock of the weekend, Napoli lose to Empoli. A goal by Patrick Cotroni in the 70th minute. A game really dominated by Napoli that started turning to the favor of, of Empoli in terms of chances. Uh, but Empoli get all three points, uh, and the top of the table got a massive hit this weekend. Uh, Sassuolo hosting Lazio. Lazio got off hot. Zakani scored in the sixth minute. Wonderful goal by him. He ended up getting hurt in the game, unfortunately. It sucks because he's been getting really hot uh, as of late, playing very well, and now he gets injured. Um, Berardi would score a goal in the 63rd, assisted by Raspadori. Uh, goal of the week candidate there. And then in the yep. 69th, just you know, six minutes later, Raspadori scores from Barardi. Uh, 2-1, Sassuolo beat Lazio. Um, the champions enter. They play Cagliari, and it was, as you would expect, a blowout. Lautaro scored in the 29th minute. Wonderful goal there. 50th minute goal of the week candidate by Alexis Sanchez. 66th goal of the week candidate by Chalanolu. 68th, a lovely goal by Martinez. 4 nothing inter-emphatic win against Cagliari. Sorry, George, if you're listening in. Uh, and then to round out the games, Roma hosting Spezia. 2 nothing victory for Roma. Goal by Smalling in the sixth minute. And then Ibanez, a nice header uh, in the 50s, 56. 2 nothing. Mourinho not happy with the result. Well, not happy with the performance, happy with the result. Uh, so it rounds out the 10 games. Frank, where do you want to start? Uh the Derby itself is the Derby della Lanterna is always a, a great occasion. Um, you know, congratulations. I mean, it was a much needed win. Somebody needed to get off the mat here between these two teams. Um, Sampdoria was the one that did it. Um, you know, they did it with they did it with what they're good at. They're good at crossing, they're good at creating confusion. They did it with the um, president in jail or arrested. Yes, yes. Tell that story. <laughs> Fed. I don't, uh, what do you get arrested for? Bribes, or what did he get arrested for this time? Yeah, hold on. I, I, I texted this to you, so I wouldn't forget. And then, of course, I forgot. Uh, so he got arrested for uh, by the Italian police for financial irregularities, uh, and then so so he got he got arrested for that. And then, of course, Daversa goes wins the game and dedicates the win to the to his uh, his owner in jail. So uh, it's just sorry off for you, right? Yeah. Um, not surprised, I guess, that Ferrero gets busted for irregularities. And we just had the whole thing with, you know, Juventus and a bunch of teams with their transfer thing that's still ongoing as well. So maybe this is part of that. I don't know. But uh, very odd in odd circumstances. And then the whole derb- derby as it was. It's a good game. Good performance. I think the versus team is finally starting to turn around in terms of 
playing how we thought they were going to originally play under Diversa. It just took took them a couple months to get get to that point. Maybe also helps playing Genoa. And they've got three wins out of five um, out of their last five. They have losses in there to Fiorentina and to Lazio. Um, so I would say, I mean, there's a there's a win over Hellas Verona in there. So that's that's somewhat impressive considering the the form that Hellas has been in. Um, you know, so there's there's that to hang your hat on. Um, I mean, one of those wins does include Salernitana to Genoa, but you got to, I mean, right now with the fight that they're in, you got to win those games. So, um, yeah, I, it's, it's starting to come around for them a little bit. I think you take a look at them uh, here coming up. Um, they have second round uh, Coppa Italia against uh, Torino uh, this week. And then the, at the weekend, they're going to play Venezia. So, um, and uh, speaking of Venezia, man, Keep dreaming. We're dreaming, right? We're oh, dreaming. Yeah, my, yeah. They got a my, third American my now. Fairy tale team. American. So yeah, good for them. Good for them. My fairy tale team uh, the, the, that's going to survive against all odds. Had them, have them surviving the drop. Uh, and right now, because of that, because Sergio Romero has just reborn. I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, putting together a squad that if you know and we're going to have to try to make a decision on goalkeeper. And oh we've had some injuries to some goalkeepers. Sergio Romero might be in this team. Well, <laughs> with some of the conversation. Saves, you know, with some of the saves that he's made and the conversation that he's been in. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those where you just hold your nerve. And as far as you, I mean, I don't know what more you can ask of Juventus. They got 20 shots in this game, six on target. So it's five saves for Romero. Um, he was good. Yeah, Venezia were efficient in the possession. Uh, wonderful goal by Aramu. Yeah. Um, but it's – it's uh, man, I, I, I don't know huh, if this is a – I think that this is a credit to Venezia because this is a point that a lot of the relegation strugglers are not going to get or you don't think they would get. But this is also an indictment on Juventus because there was a time – not too long ago, where Juventus would beat a Venezia 2-0 and not break a sweat doing it. And this is getting all far too common. You know, it's almost like there's a decline here now with Juve. And until I start seeing it, and I'm and I'm and I'm gonna paraphrase a lot of things that Digby said, because it's it, 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 Digby I'm going right to when just for feedback on what's going on with Juve. And he's just saying the same thing. He said, He's play, you know, Allegri is caught playing yesterday's tactics. Everybody else has evolved now. Um, and they're still in a previous generation and they're not getting out of it. Um, you know, and it's a shame because there's a lot of talent in this team. And I think that, you know, and to his point, these guys are coming from national teams that are playing more open attacking football. You talk about Kulishevsky, Chiesa with Mancini's Italy, Dybala with Argentina, um, and then Cuadrado with Colombia. And now all of a sudden they're bogged down. Uh, they, 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 they're, they're, they're playing in some bogged down tactics and they're almost like they're just kind of handcuffed, you know, in terms of what they can do. Um, so, Credit to Venezia because that's an important point for them. But for Juventus, this is, you know, this is just another, this is just another weight put on a sinking ship. Um, you know, I wonder. At this point. I wonder would we be 
if if Juventus were more clinical, because they're certainly getting the shots, right? Mm-hmm. They get they get plenty of shots. You know, Cuadrado now in the attack with with Morata. It's nice to see Cuadrado back uh, up higher on the pitch. Not that he wasn't getting down there anyway, right? But right. if if they were scoring more of these goal score more goals from these shots, would we be talking it the same way? I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're in a rut. It's a long rut, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's very questionable defensively. They've been given a lot of goals. It's it's not the same Juventus, but it's. Don't look now. They're what sixth place now after this weekend. They were fifth. Uh, Fiorentina changed everyone's minds there. I'm sorry, they're seventh now. Roma jumped past them. So, but still, um, just two points above Empoli, which is crazy. Um, Juve, while they're struggling, they're still within reach. And I think if they can figure out a way to finally get some goals, their fortunes could change slightly. And I and by slightly, yeah. I mean closer to the Champions League, not necessarily in the Champions League. Um, but it's it's not good, and but it's not the end of the world because i think they're still getting those opportunities had they if they weren't creating chances i'd be more worried but yeah. the guys up there are still getting their chances they're just not putting it on target or they are and the goalies are just making great saves right so yeah like i said romero was big and, and anytime somebody plays juventus they play better they play well so maybe that's it i don't know maybe stop shooting at the goalie maybe try that yep all right um fiorentina i mean cl- clinical um yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, but it's Salernitana. So, you know, you have to expect it, but I mean, if you're going to challenge for a European place, those are three points that you have to get. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and Fiorentina has gotten themselves on a nice little run here. They're, uh, it looks like they're one defeat in the last four. Um, bear with me. That just happened. Uh, that was a loss to Empoli. Which suddenly doesn't look so bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're seeing Dusan Vlaovic score. And once again, can we please, can we, can everyone at Juventus Twitter shut up about Vlaovic going over there? Just shut. I'm so sick of it. Every single time somebody, you're turning into Arsenal and Man United and all of these other Premier League fanboys who, oh, he's good. He's coming here. Yeah, shut up. All right. If it love- happens, if it happens, yeah. I'll be happy for you guys. I'll, you know, uh, it'll be just another player that gets bogged down in Stone Age tactics. A guy that used to score thirty to thirty-two goals a year will only now score fourteen or fifteen because it's a team that can't score or can't doesn't attack as much and doesn't play as freely. You know, you want you're gonna do it. You want that, and you want to just set his career back. You know put his career back because you know it's going to happen you'll get him and that's his production for you and you're going to blast him every day what are we spend all this money for yeah. well that that's how you are it's just i mean just how about we just enjoy what he's doing for fiorentina right now Which and not good. talk about where he's going next i'm and- so bored of and, and it's mainly coming from the juventus fan base because they've got nothing else going for them right Everyone now. Everyone else is broke. They're so <laughs> pissed <afford> off. <laughs> they're so pissed off at their own lives and how their team is playing. All right. That now they've got to say they've got to dream about who they're going to get next. We should start a Vlaovic tracker, by the way, because it is a serious thing. Now he has 15 goals in 17 league games. Yeah. Um, you know, uh the the mark is is 36. Uh, set by Chiro Immobile. He's on pace for 34. Okay. Yeah. I don't think the team is good enough for him to do that, but you never know. I don't think he'll get there, no. no. 30's, 30's realistic. I'll put him at 30. 
Yeah, that's a fair shout. I mean, if Belotti can get almost thirty, you know, you know, it's a similar similar team. I think that Torino team back then and and this Fiorentina. Um, I would love if Vlahovic stayed in Serie A, no matter where he went. I would yeah. lo- love it. But I think the likelihood is that he's either A, going to go to the Premier League, or B, go one of these big clubs like Real, PSG, one of these teams that have the money. Juve, Juve can't, Juve's not going to afford him. They have other they have other worries. Their worries is the midfield. They need midfield. Maybe, yeah, they need midfielders. You got attackers. You've got Mamorata can score goals for you if you play yeah. a system that allows him to. Shevsky. I mean, I mean, you got guys in attack. It's the defense that needs to, or midfield needs to help. Um, it's then, just it's 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 just tragic to watch these guys have gone from sticking out their chest about how great they were against a mediocre league that for years had been ravaged by Calciopoli. Uh, you know, and by poor finances, poor economic management of clubs to now all of a sudden everybody's kind of caught up to them and has found their own ways to do it. Now they're going to start talking about who's all coming so that they can be better. Um, and it's just it. I know. think if I was Milan, well, everyone's worrying about Vlahovic, start thinking about Beto or Udinese. Yeah. Boy, he's he's not as good as Vlahovic right now, but he's close. And he's a big boy. He can. He's got pace. He's got muscle. I mean, he's he's pretty good. So it just turned out to be much cheaper. Um, probably not, you know, maybe not as good as who knows. We don't know what the what the forecast of these two guys will be, but he's yeah. pretty good, damn good. So yeah, it's just because you know what? What did we do? Didn't we do this with Andrea Belotti a few years ago? And what has he done since? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, as the next big thing, we did this with Sergei, Sergei Milinkovic Savic and. You know, he went into the tank for a year and now he's starting to play better. Yep. Let's, um, pardon me, let's leave them alone. Let's enjoy what they're doing for the clubs that they're currently playing for. Okay. Without talking about where they're going to go in next and starting to cause all these rumors. It's just like these, you know, it's, 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 it's actually sad that this mm-hmm. kind of stuff is happening now. It's, it's, you know, how, how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Milan. Speaking of how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> I mean, they were so predictable. I mean, they played right into what Udinese didn't want. You know, they they Udinese set up to avoid specific things. Milan still tried to force it. That's how they got the. That's how Udinese got the goal. Some casual passing through midfield. I mean, that 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 midfield three for Udinese was fantastic. The turnovers um, were led to that goal too. I mean, it was a terrible pass of Benasser to Bakayoko and yeah. And then Beto just Beto was a beast in the game. I thought he outmuscled that defense. Uh, Tamori, Romagnoli, whomever he went against, he was so much. Stronger. It reminded me of Lukaku against uh, Milan in the derby, you know, last season. Um, Torge Arslan, Wallace, Jean Victor McKengo. There you go, Juventus. That's who you should be trying to get. Not the midfield uh, over the midfield you have now. Yeah, <laughs> those three were in rhythm, and you know what? They gave Brahim Diaz next to nothing. You, he, they, Milan wanted to get him the ball. I didn't even they know who's in the game. To, That's yeah. how good they were playing. And they were trying to jam it into him, and they couldn't get it to him. Yeah, you know, I mean, the 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 three the the, the three man center midfield for for Udinese was was fantastic. Makengo Sofascore gave Makengo a six point four, which tells me they clearly didn't watch the game. Yeah, they're watching um, else. and they're terrible at rating players on top of it. Um, Chiofi's got to give him credit. He, his first game in charge and. The team got a win for him. Uh, good for him. Sofa score will give you a 7.8 if you score a goal, but pick your ass for the other 89 minutes that you're out there. Seriously. Well, a- <laughs> and it could be like a tap-in goal. Yes, yeah, so that's it's just I'm on fire tonight. 
And George, don't worry. We're going to get to Calgary. <laughs> They're coming. I have, I have some things to say. Um, uh, diving through some of these other ones. I mean, Empoli, bravo. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun to watch. I don't know how long they can sustain this, but I'm going to enjoy it for as long as you want to talk about somebody that should get some buzz. Okay. How about Bajrami who we hyped up at the beginning of the season? Mm-hmm. Another, ma- another magnificent game from him here. Vicario. Fantastic game. Oh, Vicario was brilliant. Uh, how many saves? Six saves. Yeah, it looked like he had 55. Um, it was ridiculous. From from Vicario. Uh, Bajrami at the controls, you know, dictating the counterattack. Fine, they scored a goal that Cutroni didn't really know about. But the back four was in a nice rhythm. How how good could it feel for Sebastiano Luperto, uh, a former Napoli player, to, to be able <laughs> to play back there and, and stick it to his old team? Yeah. And, I, you know, it's the first half was like it was all Napoli, and I think Vicario kept him in the game for sure. Um, Almas, Lozano, and Insigne all came close in the first half. Uh, oh, I love Almas as a winger, by the way. Yeah, I do too. He's he's a Not, fantastic player. Napoli stumbled onto something when Insigne got hurt. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Um, Zelensky, speaking of fantastic player, Insigne did come in early in the game because Zelensky got hurt, so hopefully he doesn't get he's not too injured. Yeah. Uh, Petania hit the post in the game as well, so I mean. Napoli had their opportunities. It was just Vicario. Did you see his turn on that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that like the most fat guy turn with a soccer ball that you've ever seen? Fat guy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That looked like me out there. It worked. (laughs) I mean, he was wide. And defenders wanted to get out of the way. Like, they were were scared. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but good for good for Eppoli to get the result. I mean, it was it was well done, and they're eighth place. I mean, they've now had wins over Napoli and Juventus. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be stay up in the league at right, right now, but it's still a long way to go. But what the hell, man? They're 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 doing very well. I think I had them as staying up, but man, I didn't expect this. I don't think anybody. I this. I thought I thought I had them down, but I had them down. I had them 18th, and I only did it because. I had concerns about them defensively that you find they were going to have a go at everybody, but I think that that was going to expose them. And that was evident in the first couple of games. They were giving up quite a few goals. Well, Andrea Zoli has cleaned that up. Yes. Um, speaking of, and right now a manager of the half season candidate, him and Italiano. Yeah. Yeah. Are That's both, are, two, are, you maybe, know, are, are both under strong consideration for me when we get to doing that podcast, when we get to doing that episode. So, um, well, let, know, me ask, I mean, let me ask this. So we just talked about Milan and, and Napoli. How worried should the, these fan bases be? We're part of that fan base of these two teams. They're both hurting now with injuries. They're both struggling. Inter, they've been just healthy. You know, good for them. They've been nonstop. The re- I think the reason they've been continuing their success is because they've been healthy, right? And if the, maybe Milan and, and Napoli stayed healthy, maybe they would be doing better. But I don't know. They've hit a rough stretch. They both had tough games, both the Champions League and this. And tough part of season for both of them where both at different points looked like they would be winter champions it looks like for certain now it's going to be inter uh, yeah we said that last week inter we're going to take over yeah yeah and so how weird should the fan bases be for napoli and milan considering how the last month or so has gone before them both of them where they were look like they were dominating pulling away from the league and then now they're you know somewhere in that in the champions league mix you know second and fourth respectively or whatever um how, how weird should they be no milan should be very worried because they're going to play Napoli. They, Milan and Napoli play this weekend. And then midweek, Milan have to go there. Trap game. 
big time trap game. Um, you know, so it's a it's a great situation for Empoli. Um, but yeah, I mean the injuries are are catching up for them. Um, I, I read somewhere that twenty one out of their twenty nine senior players this season, at one point or another, had either has either been out through injury or through COVID. Milan loves, and they're in second. That's staggering. It you is. know, but it's also. Um, an indictment on the on the medical team for not being able to keep these guys healthy or whatever. Maybe it's a training. Sure. Maybe they're training too much because this many injuries. We've seen this with Milan a lot where they've had all these injuries over over and over. Is it because of overtraining? Is it because the medical team's not as good as we thought it was? And the Napoli, same situation. Their players are getting injured left and right. Um, yeah, it's, you know, they need. we thought these teams were deep and they have depth, but they're not deep enough for injuries. And I think, Inter could maybe, and I don't know about Inter either. I mean, I think Inter's deep. They certainly are. Um, but when injuries come, you need to have that depth. The great teams in Europe have the depth where if you get injuries, you can still hum along close to what you, you know, top of your game. And Milan and Napoli clearly need help defensively or in uh, depth. And in Milan, obviously, you know, we talk about Milan, they need striker help probably depth wise. You, you could probably talk about the midfield, the defense. They need a center back. We know with Chiara out for the season. It's um, you know, both teams they they gotta they have some soul searching to do here. Once the the winter break happens, they really have to hit the January window very well, um, to to stay pace with with Inter and possibly Atalanta. Yeah, not possibly with Atalanta. Um, yeah. So I like I said, I it's it's going to be interesting. Um, now I mean. I still think what Lazio did in the Champions League last year with all the COVID problems they had is probably more impressive than what Milan are doing now because they qualified with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. For the knockouts with half a team. I mean, um, so I mean, looking at the other result, these other results, you know, Atalanta, you know, coming from behind, they're, you know, good game. What? Why I? Why I give Atalanta title credentials some legitimacy this season? is because they're not always winning by just going out and bombing out the other team. They're finding ways to get those one goal wins that we talk about can be a foundation for a title campaign. So, you know, and against a pesky Hellas Verona team that's been giving a lot of people problems lately too. Yeah. They give, uh, and they give out a lot of problems too. So yeah, yeah for sure. Yep. So th- th- that's, what's different about them this season and their top four right now. After, you know, through the group stage where in seasons previous, they were always ninth, 10th. It was all about Champions League and qualifying and maybe maybe trying to put a little more attention and doing well in Serie A, maybe hurt them a little bit in the Champions League too. Um, you know, who knows? Uh, so um, Sassuolo beating Lazio. I, Sassuolo's another dangerous team that's going to be a pain in the in the ass for everybody. Yeah. Um, Right now they're 12th, but they're unbeaten in their last five, two mm. wins and three draws. Um, and, I mean, they drew Napoli. They beat Lazio. They beat Milan. Um, they're on a nice little run here. Um, they've beaten Juventus. They've beaten some of these big teams. It's where they drop some of these points in very goofy situations Yeah, yeah. Uh, is what's getting them. It's what's, what's kind of, you know – Stunting their upside. Um, Fratesi, there's another one we were talking about Rastadori. beginning of this season. Yeah. Boy, what a night. I mean, just 
perfect yeah. replacement for Locatelli. Yeah. Um, and you know, Sassuolo is going to make a lot of money off of him. I wonder. I wonder if if Berlusconi and Galliani are going to get a cut of whatever transfer transfer fee because he came from Monza. Mm-hmm. Um, if they get whatever, you know, I'm sure that's in the contract or that was in the agreement. Uh, you know, to allow him to leave to go to Sassuolo. But boy, he's been he's been nice for them. Berardi was very good in this game, of course, scored a great goal. And then finally, okay, George, join us. Um, Interward, their usual impressive. Um, I mean, geez, 24 shots, 15 on target. I mean, honestly, Alessio Cranio had 11 saves in this game. He was good. In a 4-0 <laughs> defeat. Alessio Cranio should be the player of the week. Yeah. Without Alessio Cranio, Cagliari lose 10-0. On Sunday. That's how bad Calgary was. I mean, you had eight players from Inter that were good, and then you had three cl- three players that were world-class, being Brozovic, Barella, and, and Alexis. Uh, wow. I mean, what a performance by them. And granted, a lot of it goes to the um, – I don't know what you want to call it with Calgary. I'm trying to be nice with George here. Uh, they just shit the bed, and 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 Inter made them pay. And Inter, Inter were brilliant in this game, and they had a lot of goal of the week candidates in this game. Um, constantly putting it to them. Barella, I thought, was fantastic with some of his passing. Brozovic, they had a nice play between Brozovic, Barella, and he made this like over the head kick pass to Alexis. It just got saved. Cranio again, huge. Um, it's just great performance by them. You know, they didn't even need Jekyll in this one, and uh, they're humming right now. They're healthy. They're humming. Yep. They are clearly the best team in this league at this moment. Yep. And, Lisi, I saw you on Twitter make the suggestion that do Milan want to kick Calgary's tires about bringing Godin over to, you know, to Milan as a, as a fill-in for Kair. And uh, I will ask you to go back and watch the tape of this game for me to tell you why. Absolutely not. Um, I, if you if you told me Godin from five years ago, then, yeah, okay, let's do it. But not this Godin. This guy... This guy's this guy's just got too many miles on him. He he he's just he's an old man. Michael says I stand corrected. <laughs> oh man, I mean, there's I mean, <laughs> you could give Godin a ten yard head start on Alexis Sanchez and Latara Martinez in a foot race, and both of them would beat him right now. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was embarrassing. How I mean, and on the on Lataro's second goal, how he just got to that spot before Godin did. I yeah. mean, and it wasn't even close. So there was a penalty save in this game. Kranya made a penalty save with the pass that led to the penalty where Alexis made his beautiful pass to Dumfries, and Dumfries got taken down the box. Martinez stepped up to take the penalty. It was saved. So Kranya had a great game. It's just unfortunate his team couldn't score a damn goal. They couldn't stop. I'm going to say this though. I like this Raul Bellanova. On okay, on the yeah. on the right wing for uh, the right wing back position for Cagliari, he looked like the only guy out there that gave a shit. I mean, he got he 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 got off a chance in the first half. You know, he was he he had an energy to him on that right flank was decent. Um, you know, and I I saw him in the Torino game. I don't know if Cagliari just decided we're we're going up there and taking. I think that he is a former Milan guy, Bellanova, former youth player. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. Well, um, there he goes. Give uh, your – Even Lisa's saying it. Lisa's even saying that right now. So he's a former Milan yep. player, so maybe he was. Yep. Um, your thoughts on Cagliari while I, while I look that up on Bellanova? 
Um, they were bad. I mean, granted, they're playing Inter, and Inter is a very, very good team, but they, they really couldn't do much. Um, they had a handful of opportunities in this game. I think this team is massively underperforming. I don't see Walter Mazzari lasting the whole season. I don't, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if he goes sometimes in January if he makes it that far. Um, they're just playing so abysmal at the moment, and we thought typically when he comes into into the team, the first year is really a good year, and then the second year really tails off, and he just can't even get it going with them. And it, may, it could be a thing where Kaidari is is just so messed up at the moment. They need something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe EDF messed him up so much. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's it's with the players that they have, they're massively underperforming. I mean, you got Liko Jonas and Pavoletti. Not, oh, Liko Jonas not even starting anymore. Um, it's a decent lineup, a decent amount of players. I mean, Rosman Marine, we talk about all the time, and um, Keita Balde and uh, Jao Pedro up top. You would think this is a team that could score some goals, and they do every now and then when they play against the lesser opponents. Uh, but when you play an Inter, you have no chance. With, Their with defense is trash. Diola's trash. Yep. Um, I'm changing my mind on some of these guys. Grassi was not good at Parma. He's not good here. Marine could be could could prov- could be good for another club. Joao yep. Pedro could be good for another club. Yep. Kate Balde is a Serie A journeyman at this point. This is his fourth Serie A club. Um, so he's got experience. Cranio um, can with somebody. Uh, and like Bellanova is good. Dalbert has just not stuck. Okay. I mean, it's just like, yeah. you know, and uh, it's, whew. Um, and, and Cranio doesn't deserve this. <laughs> he no. deserves better. No. So well, well, now we know why he gets keeps getting called up to the Zuri every now and then because he's he's pretty good. He's got good reflexes. He made some remarkable saves in this game. He gets but... to play on a team that allows him to get shelled, so that gives him a great chance to make the Zuri. Yeah, yeah, we've <laughs> seen this before, right? Saves. We've seen this. He made before, eleven right? saves in a four 0 defeat. I mean, crazy. <laughs> I mean, put anybody else back. That's a problem. I mean, you put Tatarasanu back there. With that defense, there's three goals before the ball is even kicked off. Yeah, yeah, that was going to say. <laughs> but man, I George, I'm sorry, brother. I, it's, you know, it's I mean, not it, looking good right now. It's not. It's not. Um. Yeah. Well, let's pr- pray for George. <laughs> Hashtag pray for George. Hashtag pray for George. So um, anything else from any of these games? I mean, Torino, Bologna, we, we kind of went a little bit as we expected. Torino's been playing all right. Um, yeah. So I think we got – can they start with a handicap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> that, uh, that, that, uh, that plays to the golfer in me, so <laughs> – Oh man! All right. Well, goals of the week. Uh, you want to have at it first? I'm like trying to. I'm picking a top five yeah. out of eight candidates. So. My top five uh, comes from. Well, it does not come from two games. It comes from a few of them. But uh, Vlahovic's first goal, his assist from Duncan. Uh, that's number one for me. Um, number two, or excuse me, number five for me. Number four for me. Vlahovic's second uh, nice cross from Sotil, uh near post run by Vlahovic to get in the top corner. Bonaventura, his outside outside foot shot uh, comes in number three for me. That's all one game right there. Um, number two, Venezia Aramu getting a wonderful goal to tie the game. Nice assist by Hops in that game. Um, so 1-1, Venezia, that's my number two. And then number one, 
Lisi, cover your ears, earmuffs. Hakan Chalanolu, wonderful strike, I thought, by him. Uh, on the, in the open play, gets a nice goal top of the corner. Hard to hard to fault a guy with a shot like that. That was that was brilliantly done by him. Yeah, I'm I'm somewhat with you. I'm going to go with uh, Aramu's equalizer in the in in the Venezia Juventus game is number five for me. Uh, I'm going to go with Berardi's goal at number four. Chalanolu makes third for me. Um, Vlaovic's first goal in the win over Salernitana at number two. And I'm going with uh, uh, Lisi. Maybe you cover yours on this one. Maybe you don't. Uh, Jack is my goal of the week. Outside of that, that's, that no is Destro? a difficult technique with the outside of the foot. What's that? I said no Destro. No, no. <laughs> so uh, Giacomo Bonaventura is my goal of the week. Honorable mentions cool. to Zlatan. Um Lataro's second goal, and then yes. also Alexis Sanchez's goal was quite nice. Yep, uh, and I like, I like Morata's as well. Yep, not bad, not bad. So, and then honorable, and then goalkeepers. Uh, uh, I'm going to put Alessio Cranio in there. Cranio, uh, Romero, Vicario, but uh, but Sergio Romero and Vicario all outstanding. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so uh, but yeah, goal of the week for me, Giacomo Bonaventura. That's a difficult technique to pull off uh, with the outside of the right foot with the ball in the air and um, uh, but he, but does get it going. So, all right. Uh, With all that, with all that, there's only one thing left and that's to get on with who won Calcio Twitter. Where do we start from Richard? Oh, well, we're going to start with um, this one from Giovanni, uh, Giovanni Milano. This is back on December 6th at 7.51 AM. He woke up early or at least it's early my time. Uh, So this one comes in. uh, He nominated uncle Sharma who says, uh, I'm really excited for the new Matrix movie. It was a photo <laughs> shoot of Inter. <laughs> I mean, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> well, they're top of the table. They can do whatever they want now. They can. So. They can. They can. All right. Uh, moving on at uh, Gipu1, G-I-P-P-U-1, Giuseppe Pastore. Uh Parafrasando qual notissimo detto se Morata avesse sparato a John Lennon, oggi John Lennon avrebbe, whatever, however you say 81 in Italian, anni. Paraphrasing that well-known saying, if Morata had shot John Lennon, John Lennon would have been 81 today. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, <laughs> leader in the clubhouse. <laughs> we got a leader in the clubhouse. Oh, man. All right. Next one comes in from Yanimal. What Piemonte FC looks like most games. <laughs> it's got sound to it, too. People just as cows just sitting around. <laughs> Who subjects themselves to this? <laughs> A lot of people, apparently. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my. That's not Wisconsin. There's no way. <laughs> I wouldn't allow that in my state. Oh. Oh my. Okay, so uh, let's see. It looks like uh, Nicholas uh, Di Giovanni brought something to our attention. Um, <laughs> uh, at uh, Neymarista, uh, new on Inter Twitter, looking for mutuals. Uh, I follow back. Uh, gal taking a selfie of herself. Um, and then at JFC Tom 2001, a Juventus fan. My heart must be the 2006 Gudetto because you have just stolen it from me. <laughs> and she actually liked that. She actually liked that comment. She's like, that's the best pickup line I've ever heard. Uh, that's funny. That's good. That was good. 
All right. All right. This one comes in from uh, Martin Darun. He says, uh, "Me, Zapata, and Copen Miners on our way to kickoff." And this is for the uh, the game, uh, the before the Villarreal game, yeah, before the Villarreal game. <laughs> yeah, Martin Darun. We we don't mind putting a uh, a, a Serie A player on the board. Uh, yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> Moved a little too fast. Okay. Uh, at Rafaissimo, this was nominated by our friend Giovanni Milano. Milan have beaten the finished club allegations and handed the title to Barca. <laughs> I don't understand this. I don't either. So, uh, let's see. Sometimes uh, things get nominated that I don't understand. So this one it comes happens. in from uh, Semo underscore 33X and says, Kessie, when it matters, <laughs> dog shitting on the pitch. Hold on a second. Where is that? Uh, December 9th. 548. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, the uh okay, that was that same old. Oh, you skipped one. <laughs> did I? Martino nominated. Oh, Martino, you're right. I did miss one. But we'll, we'll give we'll we'll let you do that. I know you were you were excited to do that one, so. Okay. Um <laughs> uh at snore underscore charles uh retweeting a uh from foo underscore knee where it was like a uh a lego that was could potentially going to be metal stamped and uh at snore underscore Charles Carlos uh, says, calls that Barella when you tap his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. All right. Um, so I did skip that one. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. Next one. <laughs> Next one's funny. This one comes from Anthony from uh, Sempre Milan and says, uh, and this is why you don't use Google Translate. So it says, <laughs> and it says, uh, his translation is, Milan is worried. <laughs> Hernandez has died. <laughs> They're only worried, but you know. They're only worried. <laughs> They're worried. All right. Uh, this one, I'm actually kind of glad that the sequence went this way because. Um, <laughs> hey. Uh, oh, this one is yours. Yeah, you nominated this next. Yeah. Um, so. I just I, I tweeted out Thursday after after Napoli beat and, and first of all Leicester have been so bad defensively it's not even funny, yeah. and so I just said Napoli fans I'm happy for your success also you and ten of your fattest friends could line up and defend better than Leicester does, and so Johnny just took it and run with it and said <laughs> all right boys let's line up our fat asses our time has come, and the replies are brilliant. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. And you got Chris Zambita to say you would need to roll me off on a stretcher after two minutes of running. You have Johnny saying me at me before the start of the game at left back right me versus me after four minutes. Where it's the the uh, the guy from um, the longest yard who I always oh, yeah, thought yeah. was Vincent Pastore, and it turns out it's not him. It's it was oh. somebody. It was some other guy. Okay. Um, and then another guy peace at peace Scala 11 you forgot about me and Johnny said I tagged people that personally knew because I didn't want to offend anyone accidentally <laughs> so <laughs> oh, that was a great oh thread. man uh, yeah you can see it's uh <laughs> then uh Felipe, F, at F92 Perillo this is likely me defending since I can't keep up with with uh, Chiellini pulling Saka um <laughs> and then Jerry's going, wait, because I'm the last one. I'm my striker. And of course, yeah. he's got to throw in Chiro. Of course. Um, and then, you know, so yeah, great times with this one. Uh, <laughs> uh, Johnny, on behalf of the Napoli guys, were a great sport about my joke. And they took it and they did it. They did it the great. Culture guys, some, the culture guys. Yeah, I, had so much, I had so much fun reading all that and had a great yeah, time with those guys with, uh, with, with the banter that was going on with that. No, that, was, so. that was great. That was absolutely great. Uh, speaking of great, one of the uh, former champions, uh, Don Totti, back in it and says, uh, 
I still can't believe Cristiano Ronaldo took Juventus into a banter error and then ran away from Turin like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> a master at his craft, as I he said. Is. He is. He is. <laughs> he is. He's. He's so infrequent, but when he turns up, he turns up big. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I got a tear in my eye because of that. All right, at uh, uh, Daniel Lucci, at Daniel Lucci underscore AJC, Juan Cordero's most impressed, important stats versus Venezia today. On the ground 92 times, rolls on the ground 57 times, attempted field cross is 26. <laughs> Sounds about right. It does, it does. Uh, next one coming up, uh, this is the Milan uh, kit man. Um, called it Messias, misspelled Messias in, for a Oops. game. I mean, whoops. Maybe it's the Dutch uh, spelling of it. I don't know. You'd, you'd, you'd think that happened more. Do you think that would happen more often? Maybe this is how it's pronounced. It's, uh, it's a pronunciation of it. Mesias, not Messias. That yep. we all say. It. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, uh, Saturnian 13 with a, a polite jab at the Udinese uh, defender who had a handball in the box. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> I miss him. <laughs> when they were struggling to score. So oh. Rafa's got a nomination here, huh? He does. Uh, he actually nominated me. So, um, Matteo Bonetti, big F1, F1 game. For, you, for those who follow F1, big controversy at the end of the game. Well, all, all during the race, I should say. But at the very end, lots of controversy. So, Matteo chimed in and says, can anyone explain to me what happened to F1 that was controversial? Because I'm five. Like I'm five. So, I said, handball in the box that may or may not have happened. Penalty to Juventus. <laughs> Is that good? Uh, it's too bad you're not eligible for, uh, for wins. Right. That's right. All right. <laughs> At Tony Malazzi, seven. After the draw. <laughs> After the redraw. Got it, got it for sporting. Thought they were getting Hugh Bay. <laughs> that was good. That was good. They um, thought they were getting Hugh Bay. <laughs> and then they got Hugh Bay. <laughs> oh, man. We got Rafa so, uh, with another nominee. Yeah, this one he nominates uh, Francesco. Uh, so IFTV came out with saying official the Champions League draw will be done again after a mistake in the system. And it says uh, La Champions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mercy. Yeah, poor uh, UEFA. Well, no, I don't feel sorry for them. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, at Davide underscore M9. Inter IX. And then enter Liverpool with Inzaghi falling down the steps. On his ass. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, that is the commercial. This one's from Uncle Sharma in relation to that. And this is, uh, I wasn't supposed to reveal the secret to our lack of injuries, but here it is. And it's a video. You think they're falling down getting hurt, but no, they're just dancing. Don't <laughs> so good. Here's the Inzaghi one. Whoop. Boom. Oh, mercy. <laughs> Oh, Uncle Sharma, Uncle Sharma. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Martin Daron again. Deron, at Dirono, Martin Daron. And since everyone is posting a photo with themselves and Max Verstappen, I had to as well. Yeah, so it came from the photo of this where he was celebrating so hard for uh, Coop Miner's uh, goal. Then he inserted himself into uh, Photoshop there. So nice. There you go. Nice. Oh, uh, let's see. We got let's... a few more, don't we? Wow. We do. All uh, right. Not, not my reply to Presidente. That was something oh, different. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Uh, George, I guess when Cali are good with being being and being in the rele- relegation zone, this is fine. Everything's on fire. Nice. <laughs> All right. Uh, and then uh, George asking will Cali stay in Serie A this season. He said, I'll tell you the answer. The answer is no. So no. 
For me, it is down to Tony Malassi. <laughs> You've got a first 40. <laughs> yep. Good. And uh, the John Lennon one, uh, which comes from. The John Lennon one was good. Where is Don that Totti was now? good. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Anthony Tor uh, Anthony Torgrud from um, Semper Milan. Milan worried Hernandez has died. <laughs> that's yours, uh, Torgrud. Yeah. Now well, let's see. So that's that's a good one. Uh, so are we gonna have a tie this week? Yeah. Unless the chat right. can break it. Yeah, the chat can break the tie. I'm trying to find the. Okay, there it is. Okay, here we are. Um. I, I gotta go at Jipu one. I gotta go with the I gotta go with the uh, paraphrasing that well known saying if Marata had shot John Lennon, John Lennon would have been eighty one today. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was a good one. That was a good um, one. Um all right. So chat, help us out here. Is it Milan worried or is it the Marata John Lennon uh Reference. We're going to give you guys a chance to help us pick the winner. Those those are the two nominees. George says Milan worried. <laughs> All right. Let's wait for some other takers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other any other news or tidbits here with with Serie? It looks like Genoa hired another. Uh, they in addition to hiring Shevchenko, looks like they've hired some sort of sporting director. Um, yeah, I heard that, but I didn't I didn't I didn't catch up with what it was. I knew they. I forgot who it was, but um, I did hear something happen. Okay. Well, then I guess I'll look that up. Um. Well, you know, so that we can uh, – it looks like that – Genoa, what they want to do from the sounds of it is that they're trying to um, kind of get a a better structure going with, yeah. with how they recruit and how they scout and things like that. And I had to think that Shevchenko took this job knowing that he's going to have some kind of long-term security to some degree. I hope. Um, knowing that – I mean, because let's face it, he just doesn't have his guys. He doesn't have anything close to, uh, you know, what he what he should. So, you know, um, give them a chance to do this the right way. Yeah, I'm not seeing anything on transfermarket.us, but I could have swore I saw something. So Chad could probably help me out with that. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, I did find I did see that uh, they did that. Um, hopefully that can create a project. Genoa is, uh, yeah. is, Gen is, is, is Genoa? Well, the Genoa has been relegated before, haven't they? You're on mute. Yeah. They're, <laughs> oh, they're the oldest club. They, they have had to been. Okay. If they have, that'd be damn impressive. I'm pretty sure they've been relegated a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say we have uh joint winners tonight. Richard. I'm with that. I'm with that. Okay. Um, so I'll type that up if you want to uh, uh, go ahead and uh, shamelessly plug anything. Um, nothing to plug. Uh, really just you know a bunch of the great podcasts that, that are out there for not only City Yeah, but also the team-specific ones. So make sure you guys you know give them all a follow. They, you, know, you guys all know them on Couch or Twitter. If you don't know them, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll share some with you. Um, but I'm looking ahead to some of these games this next week. Uh, the next match fixtures, we got Atalanta-Roma. That's a juicy one there. Uh, Fiorentina Sassuolo could be a very, very entertaining game, and then of course Milan Napoli is the the cake right there. Um, it's a big game for both of them because uh, one of them loses, they really could start getting uh, a little further down. Especially Napoli, if, uh, the way Fiorentina is coming on really hot right now. So big games on the horizon here. The the winter breaks come very soon. We're gonna have our 
Squadra Finora. Should be interesting to see what we come up with, you know, both on a crap and a cracker, which are a lot yep. of nominees for. And then a lot of uh, Salernitana and Cagliari. You can probably put half half Salernitana, half Cagliari and be on our way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. we'll 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 figure that out. What about a Cherby? I mean the goal that Barati scored today, he just abused a Cherby like a Cherby wasn't even there. I mean, a Cherby's gotta do better than that. I mean, that was pretty pathetic by him. Yep. I agree. Uh, yeah, he's kind of fallen a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I mean we're gonna have a lot of interesting nominations for or considerations to make since um uh we're gonna have some very interesting considerations uh to make for our, our team our for the squad that if you know that. So uh so we'll have to we'll have to see how that goes. So but let's put a bow on this edition of City I sit down. Uh anything else you want to plug? Uh no, you can follow me at R underscore K H A R M A N and um yeah just follow follow our handles anywhere and everywhere. You can follow me at FTC underscore 21. Sit down. Sit down. Uh, we have our own channel on Apple Podcasts uh, and SoundCloud. You can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever there are podcasts. You can find Sit Down. Sit down uh, at Sit Down. Sit down on Twitter or Instagram for uh, any questions, comments, uh, future things you want us to cover. Um, on future podcasts, uh, we'd be happy to help. Here, uh, subscribe to this YouTube channel. Uh, we're typically on on Sunday nights uh, for this week, and for this week we are on Tuesday nights just because of professional uh, scheduling conflicts. Um, uh, let's just put it that way. Uh, but you know, so sometimes we'll switch it up. We'll try to give you as much notice as possible on Twitter if that if and when that happens. Um, we're also available on Facebook if you want to leave any comments or anything like that there. So just uh, continuing to grow and keep the Calcio community together. Um, with uh, each passing week as we go. So we enjoy doing this. And as long as you guys keep coming back, joining us in the chat, uh, following us, we're going to keep, keep pounding this out. So chat, uh, you guys are awesome. Everybody that was uh, taking part in that. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, again, at Torgrude uh, 45, uh, congratulations to you as a co-winner. Um, and then also uh, congratulations to at Jipu one. Um, our co-winners of uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter this week. But uh, that is it for this edition of City I Sit Down, a podcast of World Football Index. For Richard, I'm Frank. Make sure you tell your paisans about us. Ciao.